Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, you really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome in to Sports Sunday. No Mike Lynch, so it's Rashad and myself, Joe, holding things down for you on this special Sports Sunday. Putting it down on a special Sports Sunday. Yes, sir. It's special because it's just you, you and me? It's special because it's always Sports Sunday. Okay. Well, I thought you said it was special like there's, you know, something Special like... because we're here. We're holding it down. Well, I'll take it. We could have punted on today. We really could have, you know, and especially considering how, how great it looked yesterday. Like, it would have been really easy to, seriously, to call an audible today and yeah. be like, yeah, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to take a, we're going to kneel on the day. But we are here. I mean, it's... Um, we, we have some things going down to talk about. You know, honestly, that there just happens to be a whole lot of sports talk. Remember a year ago this time where there was nothing to talk about? It was a struggle Remember bus. that? And trying to figure out, like, what to do and how to structure things. And we don't want to talk about, you know, COVID for too long, but, like, every storyline that we literally had involved COVID in some way. So isn't it cool just to, like, a, you know, a year has gone by and we I feel like just as far as talking sports, just talking sports now, uh, COVID doesn't dominate the headlines anymore, and no. that's pretty cool. I was uh, putting in my update UFC fights. I right. Remember, I remember that was in the updates a lot at this point last year because it was basically the only thing that the, was still going on. The only sport that actually, you know, came through and said, okay, we'll do we'll do something. Speaking of UFC, did you did you see uh, the Nagano <laughs> fight last night? I, I knew we would get to this at I'm some just, point. I mean, I just, let's just, because I don't know if we have that many MMA fans that really listen. Like, I think people are, like, either closet MMA fans or just they're just, you know, they're diehards. But right. for the most part, I don't know how many fans that we actually have. So I don't ever want to dominate, like, a full 15-minute segment, you know, with, hey, man, who's going to win? Stipe or, like, no, yeah. people don't care. Like no, that. and I'm not uh, tumbling on mats. I'm not a grappler. Like, I don't do any of that. So I don't get into the technicalities right. and everything of MMA. But... 
I think people are, might start paying attention after uh, what we saw last night. Because there, there's a new heavyweight champion, and Francis Ngannou is a beast. Is an absolute specimen. Ugh. That dude is like six four, two sixty something. Looks like a defensive end, just insane. So, quick just, scenario just for insane. you. Quick scenario for you. Uh, as a man, <laughs> and me and some friends talk. Me and some friends talk about as this. as a fellow male. Yeah, fellow male. You know. Uh, Let's say you're in a you're in a, a a nightclub or something like that. You just happen to be with your lady, or your date, or you know whomever. And uh, Francis Nagano says, "What's up, baby?" and gives her a nice little <laughs> on the on the derriere. As a man, you do what? You walk away because it's Francis Nagano, and he'll probably knock you out. More than likely, knock you out. Definitely knock you out. Or do you, you know? Do you press your luck? Um, I definitely kind of take the route of like, hey, Francis Nagano think my uh, thinks my girlfriend <laughs> is pretty hot. I guess you're doing all right for yourself, all right? right? And then yes. try to quickly leave the entire situation and setting and go to a different bar or something like that. So that way I don't end up. Well, losing. depending on how how she, I think it all depends on her reaction because if she likes it, either way, are you going to do trouble. something about yeah, that? Yeah, you're in trouble if she likes it. And Nagano <laughs> did that. More than likely, that date is no longer your date for like the night. Goo. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So no, uh, Nagano is just a he's. The, He's such he's such a big like it's when we used to watch boxing we used to see these hulking you know characters as far as heavyweight boxers you know the Holyfields like if you look at a picture of Evander Holyfield from 1991 92 holy hell that dude was man a monster Lennox Lewis is six foot six and uh, you know he's not a built six six but he's man a huge dude I look at MMA now and look at man uh, heavyweights and like man John Jones who's the the biggest name and will not name Conor McGregor. But he's the best fighter in MMA. He's moved up to heavyweight. Like, all of a sudden, they get everybody's attention. Heavyweights are king. Let's just, you know, be 100% honest about that. Like, featherweights and middleweights and, you know, light heavy. Like, all that is all well and good. Everybody but, wants to see the big boppers. But they the heavyweights the... are – that's the reason boxing has kind of died is because there's no great – there's, like – I think there's three, two, you know, and, and Fury and Wilder. You know, some people say Joshua – not me, but again, that's a that's for the boxing show that you can uh, that you can listen to me on. But it, either way, man, like I felt like last night was a big, big night for UFC. For sure, I mean, the, after UFC. the fight, they're saying that Nagano has the Tyson effect, and that watching him, it's gonna bring more eyes to it. And just if you've never seen this dude fight, like just watching him walk into the ring, and just. Looking at his physical specimen, like I said, it is just unreal. Dude yeah. is huge. It's 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 pretty intimidating. Like, he, and I know there's a there's a point like as you know, and they might not admit it, but I can imagine every you know fighter you know sometime looks at their opponent whether at the weigh in or something like that and go, uh, this might this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. You like, know, so he beat Stipe Miocic, who I think has like the most title defenses as a heavyweight in UFC history. Yeah. Made mince meat out of him, man, and two rounds, like a really a round and a, not even a round and a half. Like you know, by the time the second round started, two quick ones, left hook, night's over. And the way he fell, like that's that's always the the interesting part. Like that's what makes a knockout 
I guess, cool is the way the person gets knocked out falls. Dude, he fell on his back. He fell leg. on his knee. It looked like he tore his MCL or ACL or one of the like CLs. Like he was breakdancing. Absolutely. Like he kind of like one of those moves where you kind of go back and start kind of pulling yourself back up. Like, yeah, that's that's what it looked like if you hadn't seen the knockout. So it was it was pretty cool to see last night. But, yeah, you see Dana, uh, Dana White was in the ring because he knew, yeah, we we got something here. He's like, you thank know? God. Yes, we we got something here. And we can you can build around him. And so – I'm looking forward to see what happens there because, I mean, I'm a, I am think I'm a casual UFC fan. I'm not, like, a huge, huge fan. You casual. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't like watching it with, like, fighter guy. You know what I mean? Like, like trainer, like the guy that, that, that trains but doesn't actually fight. He just trains. Like, I just, you know, want to just learn how to do this stuff, which is great, you know, great way to keep in shape. Don't get but, me started. But those, are the, but those are the ones that every single move, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a nice arm bar. Oh, these going into the guillotine. If I was him, I would just go with the knees. Bro, shut up and let me watch the fight. Like, you know, you can talk about some stuff, but that one that just wants to be uh, the additional commentator, like, I need you to please. Yeah, I, I had a guy I grew up with in high school who now does training, like uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu training. And I can't. So you wear a lot of affliction shirts? <laughs> a lot of tap out, a lot of ripped jeans with uh, sequins on them. Uh, no, thank God. I will give him that. But it got to a point where I could not even tweet or say any opinion or mention anything about the UFC fights going on because I am quote unquote a casual. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't I can't enjoy it. I can't say one thing like, oh wow, he really kept him on the ground. He wrestled him that whole time and oh man, that was a clinic and or or, oh, that, or that was boring. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, oh you don't God. know you don't know what real uh, offense looks like, oh, my oh. gosh, thank you so much. A couple for... weeks ago, there was a heavy... Don't be that guy. If you're out there listening and you're, that's kind of like, I think they're talking about me, don't be that guy anymore. Yeah. Like, that guy's not fun to watch with unless you're around all of your friends that are, you know, training as well. It was a couple weeks ago. It was a heavyweight fight in UFC. Um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck uh, versus uh, Gone, uh, the French dude, big dude. And it was a boring fight like i wasn't the only one to say that like there was plenty of people on there that said like yeah i turned it off after the third or fourth round or i fell asleep watching it and then of course like i said that one guy he comes clapping back at me on twitter after i say it's a boring fight you don't know what you're watching casual that was a clinic he did this and this and this and why i don't understand why that's a I'm like, that's okay. a bad thing because uh, okay. i just watch it when i you know cool when i want to like, yeah, like okay Sorry, like it was a boring fight. Like I'm not the only person who thought that. So, yeah, I w- like I said, I will give it to him. Does not wear tap out t-shirts or affliction, um, but he's definitely that guy, that MMA guy. Yeah, don't like that guy. Don't no, be that. Guy. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, that 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 guy is not fun to invite, and that's the one that you conveniently forget to send the message to. Oh, bro, I thought you. Man, I wonder why you didn't show up. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't put you on the on the thread. I'm sorry. My bad. Next time. You know, like, yeah, and then forget the next time, too. Yes, and the time after that, and, you know. 100%. And everything that follows. Yeah. We had an Ask Anything uh, segment. Uh, favorite bastard pizza chain? Uh, pizza Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars, Papa John's. I'm going I'm, Pizza Hut. I'm going Pizza Hut. Yeah, that pan pizza, man. That thing slaps. It's, there's, I mean, seriously, like, I, I think it's crack inside of it. I will give Little Caesars a tip of the cap for having for the hot what? for the hot and ready. Oh, you know, stop it. Walk in five bucks, you get a nice hot and ready pizza ready to go. I mean, stop it. I mean, it's 
pretty solid. Little Caesars deal. used to be great when it was in Kmart. They got their crazy bread. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you ever went to the Little Caesars inside of Kmart I, or I Jansen remember. Beach. They but, had uh, it at the Kmart in Walton also. Yeah, so you know, shout out to Little Caesars for nostalgia reasons. But other than that, Papa uh, John's again, they get a tip of the hat for hooking it up with like a pepper and that butter garlic sauce that they also have. Uh, that See, can... Papa John's was was so bad. They need to give you a sauce to eat with their pizza <laughs> on top of the sauce that's on top of the pizza. So. That's why they, they have to do that. And then I've uh, never been down with Domino's because I feel like I get a nice coating of, like, sawdust on the pizza as well. You know what I'm talking about? That, like, Italian kind of... I have no idea know, what it is. It's, it's just, I'm like, I actually kind of... Just some sort of dusting. On I don't the, mind on that dusting. Bread. It's not too, too, too bad. You know, it's a nice little finish to the, towards the end of the pizza. So I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll give a tip to the cap. To but, yeah, Domino's Pizza Hut, pan pizza all day. We're going to get to more of those uh, Ask Anythings, too. Feel free to text them in. At I'm the down. Text line. We're also going to get to a lot of different things, sports stuff, you know, if you want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. What's up? What's next? We've got uh, Blazers to talk about. They made a little move. Stormin. Stormin Norman. Yeah. By the way, um, his name is Norman. Yes. Like, that is just, I don't know why that's hilarious to me. Because uh, how many named Normans Norman. do you know? <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. I Norman. Mean, I don't know. Like. I'm trying to think if I know any Norm. I don't think I know. I know somebody with the last name Norman, but I don't know any first first names. Norm. Yeah, Norm. This this this. How do you, there's no cool way. <laughs> there's no cool way to have the name Norman. I tried to make it short. Norm. Joe. Like Joseph. Okay. Uh. Joe. Okay. Joe sounds cool. I Norm. You no, know, I'm very happy with Joe. I'd much rather take Joe over Norman any day. I know one Norm, and it's the guy from Cheers. <laughs> Norm. That's about it. Anyways, we got uh, Blazers making a move. We have some tournament basketball to talk about. There's an Oregon team that made it to the Elite Eight yesterday, and we got one Oregon team that's trying to make it to the Elite Eight today. We've got two Oregon teams actually trying to make it to the Elite Eight today. We've got tournament basketball. We have a former Blazer going to a new team. Uh, suddenly a lot to get to. A lot of basketball stuff. All of a sudden, and you know, right in the middle of the season, so that's good. Nice little trade deadline, too. Nice little few little moves, even if they weren't necessarily trades. Like, okay, enough to get everybody talking for a bit. The most moves uh, made at the trade deadline since 1985, I want to say. Most mm. players moved or in 35 years, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. They're saying something like that on ESPN. A lot of moves. That. A lot of moves made. So let's start with the Blazers first. We'll get to that right away because we had our first game with Norman Powell. We had Yusuf Nurkic back against the Orlando Magic. And then tonight, we've got Damian Lillard returning to the starting lineup, and Norman Powell's going to be in the starting lineup as well over Derek Jones. So let's do a little Blazers recap with their first game with Norman Powell and what to expect going forward because Rashad says there was a much different reaction before the Magic game and after the Magic game with Norman Powell's first game as a Blazer. So we will get to all that you can text us 55305 on the text line. You can reach us at Twitter, TaylorMade503 or JoeFish3FICH3. Let's get it going with some Blazers talk right here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Blazers making a move at the trade deadline. Getting Norman Powell, Norm, from the Toronto Raptors. Sending away Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Now, is that official that like he wants to be called Norm? It's official now. That's stupid. I'm going to call him Norm. 
I mean, mom. Okay, sure, man. Norm. It sounds weird. I'm gonna call him Norman. Well, I like uh, referring to people like you know everybody calls him Robert Covington. Uh-huh. I like calling him Bob. Yeah. Derek Jones, call him Rick. <laughs> I get it. I call him Christian James. It's fun. I don't call him CJ. His name is Christian just, James. Just call him Christian. Yeah. No, I like to call him Christian <laughs> James. I'll give him this. I'll give him his whole government. So the Norman Powell experience started on Friday. He was in the starting lineup. No Damian Lillard in that game, getting the night off against a garbage Magic team that traded away half their team, basically. So And 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 Vujicic is indeed half of their team, for sure. And then they almost lost to that Magic team that didn't have half their team playing, basically. So there is that also. You but got, yeah, there was no Damian Lillard, so, um, you know. And, you know, you got a, you got a C.J. McCollum sighting out of it. You know, you, you, you got a chance to see C.J. for the first time. He did he's 30-something, right, in that game? Uh, C.J. McCollum took nearly 30 shots, yeah. but no, he only dropped 22. 22, okay, forgive me. So He had 30 20, in the game In the before. game prior, yes, yeah. okay. So for two games straight, at least, we see C.J. is trying to get his confidence back and trying to get his scoring stroke back. If it takes him 30 shots to get it, I don't really, at this point, without Dame, like who else do you really want taking those shots? And you also had Yusuf Nurkic returning to the court as well. Defensively, that was huge so, for the Blazers. You saw with Nurkic back on the floor, defensively, how much of a different team they look like. Like, so, I mean, I love Cantor and what he can do offensively. Like, he he may be at this point in his career, like the maybe the best Blazer center, you know, as far as offensively that we've had, I want to say, uh, Sabonis, you know, as far as just being able to just, just flat out rebound and score and stuff like that. Like he's, he's great, you know. But defensively, you see, man, Nurkic's instincts—they're, they're a one. And again, they didn't have Damian Lillard, so you you got to showcase Norman Powell a little bit more. And I, I'll be honest with you, Rashad, that that was Friday. I was at work working along on Friday, and then I got the green light to leave early. So when I get the green light to leave early from work on a beautiful day like Friday, the driving range is calling my name. Yeah. So essentially I was like, well, all right, let's weigh these two things out. Orlando Magic game, first game with Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic, or I can go hit some balls, get that swing in order. Not going to lie. I, I went I went to the driving range. So I saw very little of the first game of Norman Powell and Yusuf Nurkic. But tonight will be good because you're getting Lillard back, and it's going to be somewhat more of a real sample size of what to expect with this Blazer team. But you were saying that before the Magic game, Blazers get Norman Powell, and after the Magic yeah. game, it was two totally different uh, Twitter worlds. Two for, totally different storylines. You know, and I'll be honest, I was one of them. Just to be just to be honest, I was on the side of band. Yeah, what was Norman. your initial trade reaction? My initial trade reaction on my Facebook, I said Norman Powell question mark explanation point question mark exclamation point question mark word <laughs> question mark explanation point. You know, so that's that's how that went. And then it became just a litany of of people. Now, let's just be honest. His name Who, is Norm. His name is okay. Norm. And no nobody watched Toronto Toronto Raptors basketball. Let's just I mean, unless you're in, unless you're from Canada, unless you're from somewhere around the, in the east, nobody's watching the Toronto Raptors play. Yeah, especially this year. No, and, and especially this year. So 
Like everybody just was so matter of fact. Oh, but he's gonna he averages this much. And I think my my issue was not issue, but my thing was, man, yeah, he averages he's been averaging like eighteen points on the eleventh best team in the Eastern Conference, in the worst conference and you know, obviously in the NBA. So how excited, you know, can you really be for a guy from the East that's putting up eight, you know, eighteen a game? And so you're looking at all of them. And I was one of those negative people. But I also said, man, I could be wrong. Been wrong before. It definitely wouldn't be the first time. But it was just kind of one of those things. Like I was I was looking like that's that's not the the one thing we keep saying about the Blazers is that they need to get uh bigger, right? Especially in the backcourt. They kind of, they tend to get kind of pushed around by bigger guards in the playoffs and everything. So what do you do? You go and get another person that's the same size as your two stars that they're saying you need to upgrade from. And so that was, I think initially for us, it was like the, the, the big thing was like, what the, what the hell? That's not the answer. And then you come out and have one great game against Orlando and he played really good in his first game. You know, I I saw the replay, you know, later on just, you know, and I was man, he, he, he plays really, really well, you know, within the offense, but that's one game against Orlando. Much better first game than Gary Trent had with the Raptors. Much better uh, game than, than Gary Trent had uh, with the Raptors, you know. 0 for 5 from 3. And, you know, so it's it's still, I guess it's still a wait-and-see type of thing. You know, there's not much you can take away from a game against Orlando. You know, I, 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 honestly, and especially without Vujicic on the floor for them now. And Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is gone. They're both gone. Oh, Fournier, I forgot about him being gone. So that's literally, man, with Vujicic is half their roster, and then the other two guys, that's their whole roster. So they were basically playing with Terrence Ross and, and some others just trying to figure it out. Mo Bamba. That's not going to get it. <laughs> you know, that's not going to get it. Yeah, and the Blazers so. almost lost to them. That could have been ugly. They, they were tied in the fourth quarter at one point. Yeah. I mean, again, no uh, – Again, no Dame, which is a big factor there, but still, losing to that Magic team would have been a travesty. It would, it would have been. There would have been a lot of, there would have been a lot of finger pointing to do, uh, and I think fingers already starting to point at Stotts. I love Terry Stotts, and the argument I always give is people when say they say, "Oh, you need to fire Stotts. You need to figure it out." Who do who do you get to replace Terry Stotts? That makes sense. Like seriously, unless uh, Eric Spolstra is available. There's nobody else that I want to talk to. <laughs> it's funny you're bringing this up because I'm pretty sure Mike and I literally had the same exact conversation last week, and he himself also brought up Eric Spolstra. Yeah, seriously, like, I mean, <laughs> if there's any coach that I would want, you know, for for nostalgic reasons and for, like, hometown reasons, it would be, man, Eric Spolstra. Like, at this point, Popovich is too old, and he doesn't really get the whole – he wants to go young and everything like that, and so I don't know how much he really understands – it's which is crazy to say about Greg Popovich, but this era of players, not the game, but this era of players, I think he struggles with that just a little bit. And so I'm looking at all these things and like, man, who do you get? You want Brad Stevens? You want a guy from college? You know, do you, do you, do you want Dana Altman to come and be the coach of the Blades? No, like at this point, Terry Stotts is still probably a top five type seven coach in the NBA. Like I struggled to find five or six better coaches than Terry Stotts. But that's just me. Somebody else would be able to say that. But at this point, man, he's a top five guy. Who do you who do you get to replace him with? You don't. But still, there are a lot of fingers pointing at Terry Stott. So I think, man, this season has to end. You, you got to be conference finals or bust. Like I think that's the way that's the way this team has got to be thinking: conference finals, NBA finals, or bust. So what point. if you know they get to the second round, push it six, seven games against a, a Clippers or a Lakers or? A Nuggets team. You still think that's you know he's, still he's being shown a, the door. Yeah, I still think there's changes that need to be made. You know, you look at, I look at that Warriors team, 
And uh, that remember when the Warriors, the year prior to them winning the championship, Mark Jackson was their coach. They got to the second round. Nobody right. had seen the Warriors make it that far in the playoffs in a long time. What they do, they fired Mark Jackson, and they got a coach that knew X's and O's and everything, and it was, and that was they flourished from there. They've really – well, this year, obviously this year and last year, they weren't the Warriors. But, you know, for a five-year stretch, they were clearly the best team in basketball with, with no doubt. That doesn't mean Lightning's going to strike twice. Like, I mean, again, you got to find a guy that's as seasoned as a Steve Kerr, who's been around as a GM, who's been around as an as a commentator, who's been around as an as an assistant, and then you can have like who who is that guy? Like, do you really want Mark Jackson to replace Stotts? Would, I mean, is that does that make everybody happy? I don't think it would. Like, Mark Jackson is a great commentator, you know, but he unfortunately, when it came down to drawing plays and okay, guys, man, it's, there's Six seconds left. This is how we're going to win the game. That's where he struggled. Not to say that he can't get better, but that's what people are ripping stocks apart for a lot of the times. You know, no play calling and weird rotations. Mike and I brought up the fat, um, the idea of uh, David Vanderpool, former Blazers assistant, who's now in Minnesota, got passed up for the job once they fired uh, Flip Saunders' son recently, the Timberwolves. They, we thought that maybe because Dame's also been the whole – I don't want to play for anyone besides Stotts. He's been my only coach, and you know he'd be he'd be pretty hurt if he got fired. So you would have to make a hire that would make it not as tough on Damian Lillard, and yeah. one that I'd be happy with. And obviously, you're not making a hire without going to Damian Lillard, plain and simple. Um, with that being said, we got a, a 30 games left in the season. About you got Nurkic back, which again I know that all these trades were happening, but I mean you could say that getting use of Nurkic back is one of the best acquisitions at the trade deadline. You got Norman Powell and use of Nurkic. Yeah. And so this team has a lot to prove down the stretch, especially after talking all they did about how they wanted to be a top 15 defensive team, the back end of this season, you know, they've got, they've got a lot to prove because the first few games, they have not proved it throughout the second half of the season, giving up 120, 130. It hasn't looked any different. So with Norman Powell, who's a longer guard, he's got long arms, 6'10 reach or something like that. So he'll be able to guard those threes, the twos and the ones on the court. Yusuf Nurkic coming back. Everybody hopes to have a completely different defensive team this stretch of the season. And... Quite frankly, you got to do it now because everybody in the West is looking to get better. You have the Clippers who are starting to play better. You have the Nuggets who got Aaron Gordon, who quite frankly beat you out to Aaron Gordon, Blazers. And so they're going to be better. The Suns, they've been playing great. The Lakers, while they're kind of floundering right now with their injuries, you're looking at them maybe looking to land Andre Drummond. And that's only going to make them better come playoff time once they get all their horses back. So All the teams that you expect to compete are going to compete. And even some of the ones that you didn't see coming, like Phoenix and you mentioned them, man, they're coming too. So at this point, man, the Blazers have to play their best basketball. And with the roster that they have, like if you looked at this roster on paper, there's no way you couldn't say, man, this team is one of the best in the West. From top to bottom, you look and, and with the with the addition of Storm and Norman, you look at this roster top to bottom and it says on the bench is, man, Carmelo Anthony and Enos Cantor, and Robert Covington, and in a lot of places, man, in Sacramento, that's a starting lineup. You know what I mean? And in, in, in certain franchises, that's that's a in uh, Memphis. Some of those guys are starters. So 
the Blazers have a lot to prove, and this second half stretch is going to be um, it's going to tell us everything to know, I think, over these next 10 games or so. All right, so there's our Blazers talk. There's one part of our Northwest talk. How about we get to a little Beavs talk, huh? Sure. I mean, I think it's all but right that we do. Fair enough. I think we should. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's do that. All right, we're going to get into some Beavers talk next because they played one of the most popular teams in the tournament with God on their side, Sister Jean, Loyola Chicago, and the Beavs. They get it done. They're advancing to the Elite Eight. We will talk about that next, but first, got a Sports Center update. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. We are entrenched in the middle of Sweet 16. We got four games down, four games left to go. The first part of all that action was yesterday. And the Oregon State Beavers, Rashad. I heard. They got a win over Sister Jean in Loyola, Chicago. Sister Jean, she dropped 20 and 10. It wasn't enough, though. As the Oregon State Beavers go into their first Elite Eight since 1983, I want to say. I believe that's correct. And, uh, boy, they were able to put the clams down on Loyola, Chicago. I don't know if you saw what they shot uh, Loyola, Chicago in the first half. It was a solid, like, 18% from the field. Jeez. I'm well, not, I'm that's not gonna, even that's gonna win you. That's going to win you a lot of games, shooting that percentage. You only have to shoot, like, 35% if you're the Beavers, basically, to win that game. That's 18%. I'm trying to, like, for whatever reason, I'm getting a lot of – advertisements for Fred Meyer, which could be really helpful, but not at the moment as I'm trying to <laughs> look up these stats. I, I, I but, want a box score, please. Yeah, but that, that would be awesome. But no, I... Coupons are nice. You know, please. honestly, or, Oregon State, somebody somebody said the other day, like, or yesterday, um, man, they, they, they can't be a Cinderella story. And I'm like, they can't? Like, Why not? Well, why not? Well, I guess in, they're not historically, a major yes, or? Cinderellas are reserved for... Mid majors. Sorry, but, I see a twelve next to their name in that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and that's that's nobody expects a twelve to win, you know. And I, as I look through this whole, you know, look at this whole bracket, uh, there's a fifteen. There's a you know, there's a lot of you know different or a lot of like later seeds or you know, or excuse me, I can't use words right now. A lot of higher seeds or lo- that lower seeds. Man, this is hard today. That words are tough. Words are tough, man. A lot of l- higher seeds. Jesus, forget it. That are in the tournament for for no reason. It doesn't look like they should be competing, but yet and still they've made it all the way to the you know to the Sweet Sixteen and you know closer to the tournament. So, man, this Oregon State team they are indeed a Cinderella. Man, they were picked to weren't they picked last in the Pac-12 to finish? They were. Aren't they like? Weren't they finished? Didn't they finish season like ninety first? The like ninety first ranked team in the country, ninety fifth, something stupid, like <laughs> terrible. But then they went and won their tournament. So. What can you say from there? They beat up on Tennessee in the first round. They had a good second round. Man, here they are, you know, in the Sweet 16. And, man, what an opportunity to go to the Elite Eight. And here they are. Like, I mean, who two weeks ago when we were talking about Oregon State's definitely not getting in would have imagined that here they would be uh, playing for an opportunity to play in the Final Four? That's crazy. Now, it it is, you know, good for Beavs fans and everything. But, uh, you know, if – if Oregon's not able to make the Elite Eight, 
today, then I don't feel as uh, happy for them. Uh, I don't know. I didn't I go to either the, school. I don't want the Beavs going as far as the Ducks. I didn't go to either school, but uh, I think I'll say this. I think the Beavs need this more than the Ducks do. Oh, honestly, for like, sure. I mean, like just for enrollment for, you know, maybe this does some some wonders for their campus life and for, you know, the their stadium. Yeah, for all that. Yeah. You know, I just thought Oregon, you know, Uncle Phil is in your back pocket. So you don't have a worry. And your football team is always going to be relatively competitive. But Oregon State football hasn't been competitive for a really long time. So I think the school and those students need something to kind of latch onto. Those fans need something to really be able to say, man, yes, just look at what our team did. So I'm really pulling for – it sounds weird, but I'm really pulling for Oregon State a little more than I'm pulling for U of O, even though I know U of O is in a similar situation. But I just feel like, man, the the state needs this. And they need – Oregon's already on the map. They're – you know, they're solidified as, as a power, you know, uh, school. But Oregon State has, still has to find their identity, and I think they've struggled to really have one um, in football since the, you know, early 2000s and, and basketball really, you know, like you said, the, the, the late 80s and mid-80s. And this coming in on the text line, 11 seed is the highest seed ever to make the Final Four. So if the Beavs were able to knock off Houston tomorrow, Making history. They would, yeah, make history as the lowest seed to ever make it to the final four. And that that in itself is enough reason to be like, man, support support hometown. Yeah. You know, and when I say hometown, I don't mean Portland, because that would mean people supporting Portland State and U of P and we know they don't do that, you know, which is silly. Hey, go but, pilots. You know, go pilots, man, go Lo- bikes. Lower you know? the anchors. Yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and make sure we put all of our support behind this Oregon State team because, man, they've been able to do some 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 really good. Ethan Thompson has really kind of shown shown off, you know, in this tournament, and there hasn't been a better time to really show what kind of game you have to all these NBA scouts and all these NBA coaches that are uh, sitting there watching. So Wang Tinkle, man, saved his job. You can't fire this man after making it to the Elite Eight, can you? <clears throat> no. Yeah, like I mean, you can't. I mean, can you? Can you? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's it's happened quite often to where coaches get fired yeah, if you, after like, their teams. Yeah, like a, a top a blue blood school. But I mean, no matter how you slice it, he they won the Pac-12 tournament, did they not? Yeah. So <laughs> that in itself is enough reason to say, okay, we're going to keep you for another year, and then you have three match games in a row, you know, and you're in the Elite Eight. There's, you can't let this man go at this point. No, not at all. Um, and. As it's the Oregon Duck and me speaking, obviously saying that, well, if they win the Elite Eight, then the Ducks have to win. They can't be going further. But honestly, it is dope just seeing the tournament with two Oregon schools this far in it, the Oregon Oregon State. I mean, like, that is repping the state of Oregon. And it's I know that everybody wants to have the opinion of, well, I'm glad that this the Pac-12 is doing so good. Let's just give a shout-out to Oregon in general because – Two of those four teams that have made it to the Sweet 16, it's the Oregon schools, Oregon, Oregon State, holding it down. So props to both of them for being able to do it. And, yes, I guess, yes, props to Oregon State for going this far. Good for them. We have a text here that says, can't, can't fire him, but you could hire him away from the bees. Like, I mean, you could. You know, if I mean, for him, you have to strike while the iron's hot. And the iron hasn't been hot in a long time for Wayne Tinkle. So if you can get a, a better job than Oregon State, then – I mean, I'd be you'd be a fool for saying telling somebody you don't go for it, right? Like, is I mean, is that wrong? Like, if somebody offers you a better job at a better place, 
No, I'm going to stay here and figure this out. No, I'm probably going to take it. Money talks. So it's one of those things. But, no, you can't can't fire him. It'd be bad business if you're Oregon State, just considering the, the, the run that he's had thus far. But if another team comes calling, let's say something like Oklahoma, Louisville, you know, something like that, and I don't think they're in the search for – head coaches, but if they one of those blue bloods called, then I'm pretty sure you're going to go talk to them. And also props to all you betters out there that were able to get Beavers at plus seven. Um, Loyola Chicago was a seven-point favorite going into that game. Mm. Seven points, Loyola Chicago, which to me, like, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but my God, they're a seven-point favorite over the Beavers. This isn't like, like we're saying, Houston is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're the two-seed in that side of the bracket. So, again, anybody that was able to get Beavers at plus seven, kudos to Absolutely. you. A little bit richer today. Go ahead and buy us some coffee. So, tomorrow you got Oregon State taking on Houston, and that's going to be a tough test. Houston's won 10 straight. 10 straight going into this one. So, they won their conference tournament as well. They've looked good. They were able to – they've been one of the best defensive teams this season. Um, that's going to be a tough test. But – Beavers, they've knocked off the three seed, the four seed. I mean, how wild would it be Oregon State Beavers making it to a Final Four? Man, I'm, I'd, I'd be a Beaver fan. I'm, I'll, I, if they do that, I'm going to buy some orange and black immediately, you know, just to make sure I show my support. And I've, I'll, can I be honest? I don't think I've ever had any Beavers attire at any point in my life. If I did, if it, you know, I used, I went to the, uh, there used to be a football camp that we went to in Corvallis. And I think that was the closest thing I ever had to anything Beaver. So I would gladly go buy some Beaver swag if if it means them playing in the Final Four. All right, we got to the Beavs. Now we got a matchup today with Oregon. We actually have a double header right here on the fan today. We'll talk about the Oregon Ducks men's basketball matchup and uh, kind of tee you up for what we got going on the fan later today. We've got plenty more to talk about as far as NBA as well. Got one former Blazer going somewhere. Lots to get to still here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. You know, I said we'll get to Ducks here, but uh, Texline bringing up something that's quite eye-opening. Houston hasn't beaten a a single-digit team in the tournament so far. That, that means their road to the final four, if they were to beat Oregon State, it would be a win against a number 15 seed, a win against number 10 seed Rutgers, a win against number 11 seed Syracuse, and then a win against number 12 seed Oregon State. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess how about, we, how about I, that for a fortunate run oh, of man, teams like, to get to the final four? Like, I mean, that's that may be... As far as the as far as the seeding, the easiest route to the Final Four that we may have ever ever seen, you know. But then again, this tournament just in itself has been like a like a hodgepodge of like, you know, none of these teams are like uh, none of all the traditional blue bloods that we're used to seeing in college basketball. Like, you know, where you know Kansas, uh, they're gone. Um, was Duke? No, Duke wasn't in this thing. Duke wasn't you know, even in the, in, the, in the tournament this year. Uh, was North Carolina? They were, and then they got obliterated. You know, so all those teams that we're used to seeing. Gonzaga is the only one that's there. That's like 
we're used to seeing them, but then it's like, yeah, we're used to seeing them up until about the Elite Eight, and then that's where Gonzaga usually throws in throws in the towel. So is this their year? Is this finally the year that the Zags, the Bulldogs, do it? Well, it, it could be um, because this year I said to Mike, I can't trust anybody. Like I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're a one seed, two seed. I don't care what you're ranked. This has been a very weird year. Go figure with what we've been going through the last year, but with the rescheduling and not playing a normal schedule and kind of your momentum shifting with are you going to play and oh well we're on a good streak oh well we got to take a week off because this team tested positive for us having it so we don't know when we're gonna, like I right. can't trust anyone right and you saw one seed Illinois go down you've seen two seeds go down um so this year I've it's hard to trust anybody therefore it should be just as hard to trust Gonzaga especially with how many great teams they've had over the years and haven't been able to finish it off but we'll see today how they do against Creighton. They're a big favorite. I think like 13, 14 points over them. Baylor looked good in their game. So I think there is the one seeds, Baylor, Michigan, and Gonzaga. They are a a step above the rest. And I would like to see Gonzaga finish it off. I would like them finally see, able to see uh, them finally get a trophy and win it and Mark Few get his first championship. But... Again, just looking at the tournament this year and what's happening, so I don't, I don't trust anyone to be able to get the job done. All I know is there's a an opportunity for perhaps three Northwest teams to be in the Final Four, I think, or in the Elite Eight. Is it Final Four, Elite Eight? Yes. Well, I believe that uh, if Oregon wins, they would take on Gonzaga in the next round. So that's the yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty damn cool. So if you know if something like that can happen, like how how big would that party be yeah. here in the Northwest if Oregon and Gonzaga got a chance to play each other? More yeah. than that, let's just imagine some scenario, some scenario by next for, by next Sunday, where we're talking about Oregon versus Oregon State for the national championship. Stop. Let's calm down. I'm just saying, just I mean, because if we're being, is it possible? If we're at this being point? real, yes, we're talking but... two wins. We're talking two wins at this point, and you're talking about a possible. Civil War or can't call that battle anymore. for Oregon supremacy game. They, uh, I don't know that game. That name is not as cool. The Kate Brown Cup. There you go. Yeah, there we go. I like that. The Kate Brown Cup, and that could be the biggest the biggest game of the year for college basketball is uh, number seven Oregon versus <laughs> number twelve Oregon State. I mean, I I sign me up. I'd, I'd be uh, man. I, I, <laughs> I'd Every bar in Oregon would be packed. But there's a lot of uh, good teams still remaining. There are. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, we've got between now and this time next Sunday. Just imagine a scenario to where we could be talking on this day next Sunday about Oregon versus Oregon State in the national championship game. That's crazy. I wouldn't put it past this year to give us something like that. Right? I would take it. I, w- I would absolutely take it. And then I think that puts all the pressure back on the Blazers. <laughs> you got to do something now. The shutdown showdown, the text line says. Uh, I like it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming, you know. This is, this is what we do as a team. We, we process these things and we throw the, the bad ones out the window. We're going to keep that one on the table for now. But, yeah, we need to figure out a new name. Have, so have, has there been any conversation about what the quote-unquote civil war, formerly, the, the game formerly known as the civil war, is going to be called now? Let's call it that, the game formerly known as the civil war. 
Wasn't that like a Prince song or something like that? The, that was his name, the artist formerly known as Prince. There you go. And then, and then I think he changed his name to just the artist for a while, and then he went back to Prince. Yeah, probably a smart, smart decision there. I mean, yeah, but it was for money reasons. But either way, man, I'm, I'm excited to see. Now, mind you, everybody should know this. I haven't watched one game of the tournament. Really? I've, no, I've just been. And mind you, most of the tournament games have been on during the day, you know, and so especially at the beginning of the tournament, and I was working and stuff like that, working from home. And unfortunately, when I'm working from home, I don't really get much time to glance up and look at the TV and see right. what's going on and everything. So I didn't really get a chance to see any of the games. I saw a bunch of highlights and stuff, but I couldn't tell you about how any of these teams really played. You know, I just know a lot of times when I am watching college basketball, I'm just praying for the game to speed up. Like, you look at some of these scores, you know, this is, these are college basketball games. Uh, 70, 71-53, Colorado, uh, Florida State. It's, like, it's, it's br- kind of bad sometimes. It's pretty brutal. I'm telling you, that first half uh, with Loyola Chicago and Oregon State, it was, it was offensive at some points. Lynch's team, Syracuse, scored 46 points yesterday. Yeah. 46, 4-6. That's it. Over 40, entire, minutes, 40 minutes of basketball. Not even points. 50 points, you know, for the game. And I'm, I'm curious if he's – I know he's in Jersey. He's in Jersey right now, right? Yeah, he's visiting the family. He's got licking his wounds. Big, big weekend for Mike Lynch. New lady friend is over there with him. I know, man. I know he was pretty excited to pass over this, take this Syracuse trip. in the Sweet Sixteen. New lady friend visiting the family. We we got a text here earlier that says, uh, <laughs> "I saw it." Yeah, that was like, um, "Hate it or love hate it." Hate or love it. Lynch comes back from New Jersey engaged. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and hate it, but man. Who knows, man? It's twenty. It's twenty twenty one now. I've seen crazier things happen. I, I I pray that that wouldn't be the case, and I don't think it is. I think Mike is a level headed. Mike's a sensible being. guy. Yeah, you know, Mike's a sensible guy. <laughs> but I don't, what if I don't he just comes he back and he just turns out to be that guy after three four months of being with someone, just be like, you know what, man? I uh, we went ahead and tied the knot. That it, would be even funnier. He came back. It's like one. we got married in Atlantic <laughs> City. Like tight you know he's if you're you know jersey your atlantic city is all of like 12 minutes away it's the east coast of vegas yeah it's, a, it's not but it's you know have you <laughs> well, been to atlantic city i have not i okay. just know that is that is the big casino town i'll let everybody know coast. if you've never been to atlantic city there's no reason to go to atlantic city except for it being on the atlantic ocean you know like there's no reason to actually all the casinos were shut down when i was there last time like i wanted to see uh, i'm a big wrestling nerd so WrestleMania four and five are two of my favorites, and I wanted to see it was held at sounds weird. It was held at Trump Tower, and so How's I was that doing. Yeah, right. So this is before they blew it up, and so I'm looking. <laughs> so I'm looking around. I'm like, damn, where the hell is it? Like, and I turn around. I was like, oh, there it is. All the letters are missing and stuff like that. At that point, it was pretty pretty ran down. Lights so, flickering, broken yeah, windows, the, the Taj the Mahal, and all type <laughs> of little things. But Atlantic City, you know, you'll you'll find little old people casino that you can go to and. You know, use some nickel slots, but for the most part, it's not. As- like I said, it's the East Coast Vegas. Doesn't mean it's as good as Vegas. It's just what, like the most amount of casinos in a small. It's the East Coast area. Day. <laughs> That's what it is. It's not the East Coast Vegas. It's the East Coast Reno. Yeah, there I, it is. Uh, I I don't plan to ever go into Atlantic City if I'm ever on the East Coast. I uh, think there's a lot of other things I'd rather do than go spend my money in Atlantic City. Yeah, it used to be cool. You know, I want. I used to want to go all the time. I saw these, all the you know the athletes go there when you're in New York and stuff like. Oh, we go to AC and do some gambling and sounds fun. Doesn't look not as cool anymore. Well, you got some gambling that you can do today on the Ducks men's and women's team. 
We've got that to get to in this second hour. We have a former Blazer going to a uh, new NBA team, and people are all up in arms and pissed and saying Adam Silver should have done something about it when I don't know what he could have done. Um, so we got a lot more to get to in this final hour with Rashad and I on Sports Sunday here. Again, you can text us at 55305. Hit us up on Twitter, TaylorMate503, JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. And we'll wrap this thing up. We'll get one more hour in. Ducks basketball, former Blazers basketball, NBA basketball, and I'm sure something else will crop up here on the text line that we can talk about as well. So join us next hour on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan.